Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to this. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. As always, to my left there is Phil. Hello, Philip. Hello, Jonathan. And down the line, as soon as the music finishes playing, it's Tim. Hello, Timothy. <laughs> Hello, JB. Hello, uh, Phil. Still playing. What terrible Hello. timing. Hello, mate. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. I've just, I've just been keeping off an eye on the Brit Awards. Man, that is a weird... Awards are weird now, though. It's I mean, weird. I mean, we found this out in the Radio Awards, which we may have been nominated for, or we may not have. Who knows? Um, and it basically is, who can who can virtue sign the most, and who was lucky enough to be near a major atrocity? Those like... <laughs> why, why do they just do that? Why, why is that not the main award? The major atrocity. atrocity. Yeah. And the major atrocity award goes to, like, a music station that just happens to be near a bomb blast or something. Presumably, Ariana Grande is just cleaning up at the Brit Awards. Yeah, is she? Um, no, no. What? She's not. No, she's not. What I just oh, they're all in a colour. Ken- Kendrick Lamar, right? And I'm just imagining the boardroom brainstorm that that went into deciding his stage show, uh, which would have involved a guy called Dave going. Um, I'm thinking a guy in pajamas climbing on a Lamborghini, smashing windscreens uh, in a glass box, uh, flames, cheerleaders, uh, and then that got signed off. Amazing! Wow. I want that job because I could do that really well. You you do that better than almost anyone I know. If it's just a stream of consciousness, <laughs> I just read my last five tweets, and that's what we would do. <laughs> Rugby, yeah, uh, rugby. Uh, tweet, Sorry, tweeting at Lily Allen, Cell Sharks. I'm, I'm the one that took us off on the diversion. That's my bad. Yes, yes. back to rugby. Mm. Yes. Well, wh- if you want to see what we get diverted by more often than not, you can find us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast at Cocker at Jay Beardmore, uh, or on our Facebook page, which is whatever the Facebook page is, and the Instagram, which is what Tim. Uh, Egg Chasers podcast. By the way, um, on our Facebook page and Twitter is all the information you need if you want tickets for Spain versus Germany and haven't yet got them. Yes. yes. Now, Spain versus Germany, obviously that is happening. Our live show, obviously that is happening. Please, please remember our live show is now at 6.30 or 6? Six? 6.30 to 7pm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not that we're worried that you won't get there. We think we'll... Well, no. We think you'll be there. We, we can have this conversation in Spain and talk to all 250 people... Per, in person on the Saturday during the Six Nations. I'm just worried. I'm worried they'll be physically there, but they won't be there mentally. Well, it's all right. This is we can. This is fine. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. We've got an incredible weekend of Six Nations rugby. Yes, yes, we certainly have actually, and we've also had some of the teams announced. Yep. Now, before we go into this, where do you stand? When is the ideal team to an ideal time to announce the teams? Well, in football, in football, for example, they do it like even the and players an hour, two hours before kickoff, don't it, totally know what the team is. Yeah, it's one hour before kickoff of every Premiership game. Is it or Premier League game? Yeah. Well, uh, that's when they name it. But a lot of no, but even, even sometimes players themselves don't, don't know, know exactly what the eleven is. Now I wow. don't understand why you'd do it early. Well, is it betting markets? I mean, if it was. Presumably, football would be all over that because they've got a much bigger betting market than than rugby. Um, it will influence betting markets a tiny bit, but I, I actually don't mind what Gatlin has done and do, do it early. No, I don't. I don't mind it, but I'm just wondering, like, 
you know, what is the what is the ideal process? So if you do it late, then there's almost it almost feels like uh, you've got to have an air of secrecy around the way that you train. Yeah. Whereas by Gatland naming it on the Tuesday, he just does what he, he wants. Then. He knows the players know the the press know the fans know they are going to train in a certain way. Yeah. So there's nothing to hide, no secrecy. They but, just do exactly what Gatlin wants. But doesn't it somehow lock you in? Because there is some sort of regulation. I think you know about this, Tim, because of the Richard Cockrell, Manu Tuolangi carry-on a few, year, a few years ago, where once you name your team, that has to be set in stone. And it doesn't give you much flexibility from the Tuesday to the Saturday, should well, things change for whatever reason. I, see, I don't think it is that. Cause no, my... I don't think it's that. And I, I'm with Phil. I, what I quite like about what, what Warren Gatland has done through this Six Nations in naming his team on the Tuesday, he's done that every week, is is almost it's, um, it's a, a bit a little bit of gamesmanship in a way and going, we're not, we're not even thinking about you, but yeah. you can sit there and think about us. Yeah, I yeah. I, I, I like it personally. I mean, I don't see why you'd, hi- why you'd hide it. But I guess if you were going to leverage some sort of advantage, you'd have to be an hour before kickoff like premiership teams. Yeah, I think so. I think there are rules about naming at least twenty four hours before. Yeah, so you can't do that one hour before thing. Um, it is interesting. So I read um, an interview. I think it was in the forty two, the Irish uh, website, with Rob Carney Ooh. after Bigger was announced, and he was talking about cues, as in he's fullback and he's looking for uh, visual cues of what Bigger's going to do next. Yes, and he actually said. So I know from playing in the back three, it is it is an advantage if you can, if you see a player is going to kick a certain way, and you can be two steps ahead before he's even kicked the ball. That's an advantage. But Carney was quite open in this interview, saying all players have cues, but bigger has more cues than most. Oh, really? So he's almost saying uh, we can predict what you're going to do. So. We kind of know what Big is going to do, and we will we will be prepared for it. So that's really interesting because the rather famous version of that is the NFL safety who looks at someone else. They kind of look off the quarterback, or should I say, the quarterback looks at them. So the quarterback will look one way. So the safety is looking at where he thinks the quarterback will throw the ball, and then he runs the other way. The other way, and the other one as well, which is I interviewed. I was lucky enough to interview Chris Chris Pennell for Rugby Dungeon, and. He was saying that they show him one picture and then give him another. So if they are going to occupy closer to the line, they will go deep and then all of a sudden they will rush to the line. Yeah. So they'll give him one picture and then do something completely different. Changing cues. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Hmm. As for the team itself, like you said, you mentioned Bigger and Williams. That's a couple of big guns back in, isn't it? A couple of lions back in. Is it the. Yeah. Are they the right players to come back in, though? Um. It depends how they want to play. Yeah. If if we'd have been having this conversation post Scotland, we'd be saying no. Well, yes, true. I think I'd be saying the same actually because Williams is effectively a scarlet who moved like five months ago. I'm not, not really so much talking about Williams, but bigger, the bigger call. Yeah, yeah. I and that's kind of I'm not sure well, is the answer. Bigger and halfpenny as well. Yeah, who's back? They're probably. I think Williams. No matter how you play, Williams is one of the best outside backs in the world. So oh, yeah. he can he can suit any game plan. Halfpenny and, and Bigger do feel a bit more prescribed how they play. They do, but you know Halfpenny's game has been expanded massively by his time at Scarlets. So I've got no problem with that. He's shown he can play that way. Uh, bigger, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let the best coach of a generation decide which fly <laughs> half he's gonna pick and leave it at that. I think. And George North back on the bench, happy. I'm. I feel for Josh Adams. He's done well so far. Yeah. But you know, on paper, is there a <laughs> better impact substitution than George North? On paper, George North five years ago, I completely agree. Yes, and he's he's looking all right for um for Northampton. To be fair, he's starting to do things, starting to look for the ball now. And get busy. So yeah, okay, I I can take that. But I, I do feel a little, a little bit. So, mind you, I'm gonna say go with the young lad. George North's in like 26 or something. <laughs> yeah, true. He's probably younger 25, than 25, I think. Yeah, yeah. Might, it might even be 24 with his 70 caps. 20. It's nuts. That is, it is ridiculous. But Falatau is back in contention, but not made, not made the squad for this. Yeah, probably the right decision if he's just come back. And the back row isn't a glaring weakness. The back row has been. 
very, well, very, very good so and, far. And here's a point for Falatau. I mean, what do you do with him? Yes, he starts, but for who? Shingler? No. Uh, Moriarty? Probably. That's, yeah, that's the one. He's like your lion. He's like one of your better players. So but I I do think the the weakest player in the back row so far has been Moriarty. And I, I, I like Moriarty, but he has been a bit anonymous. Like he struggles to fit into that, into the pace. He, he's quite good in D. He's still good in D. I think he's I think he's uh, underrated because of how much work he does. But it's unseen work. It's the defence. It's hitting rooks. It's clearing out. Rather than what you want from a number eight is the big flashy carries yeah. alongside all that other stuff. Yeah, I agree. But I think he'd be the guy that misses out. And again, he he could quite happily sit on the bench and come on and make a massive impact. He could. He as, certainly could. As, as for Ireland, the, no Tyke Furlong, no Henderson, and um, obviously after the injury, no Henshaw. Well, it's not it's not confirmed yet, is it? But Ringrose is back in the squad, and I thought he was out, out of contention. Uh, so, well, from what I've seen, the, the squad hasn't been announced, but um, it looks like Porter's going to start. Yeah, uh, Toner and Ryan are going to start in the second row. His sixth professional start in professional rugby for Andrew Porter, Porter. Yep. Uh, and Chris Farrell is probably going to start at thirteen. So they, they are missing. There's some key players there. Yeah, yeah that's, but... uh, that's 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 they are big names to and be missing. It, it will probably be announced tomorrow. So uh, on Thursday, when you're listening to this, it will probably already have been announced. Yeah, I. I think Ireland might be on the way to uncovering a few more gems. It's going to be one of those things. It feels like it's a massive, massive step backwards now. Come next year, they'll be glad that they did it. Probably, yeah. That's what I feel. They're the very strong. I've said it before, very strong team, very strong outfit, great, great, great systems and processes. They will be fine. Yeah, and two two of the young lads uh, who have not seen a huge amount of. I've heard a bit about, but not seen a huge amount of before this tournament. In James Ryan and Dan Levy, who's mm. possibly lined up to start at seven, and they are mightily impressive. They when, are when you see them in the flesh. Yeah, they are. If this was in Cardiff, I'd be concerned. Why? If I was Irish. Uh, uh, concerned but, for who? Uh, I, if I was an Irish fan and it was in Cardiff, I would be concerned losing that level of experience. Ah, in key well, why? But, why, but I, why would you possibly say that, Tim? Go on, run, run me through it some more. Why would I possibly say that? Yeah. Because um, Wales are a different team in Cardiff and Ireland are a different team in Dublin. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because the win-loss ratio, okay, it's not like 26 wins for the team who's away from home. So the old... I only found this out out, uh, out today from a mutual friend of me and Tim, uh, mine and Phil's. Uh, so the actual away winning percentage for both these teams is huge. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in the last... 34 Six Nations games between Ireland and Wales. There have been 11 home wins, two draws, and 21 away what? wins. Yeah, that's a ridiculous number. <laughs> it is, wow. isn't it? Yeah, that wow. that is astonishing. So, um, do you think I, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that they started doing well and then they believe that they're going to do well, so they do well? Yeah, it's a, and, and the the reverse of that, obviously, for the yeah, home and team. It's, a, it's such a stupid. I, it's such a stupid mindset as yeah we've got nothing to fear by going to Dublin well why would you I mean <laughs> it's 15 aside it's it's a pitch but these things do matter to teams and both sets of tra- both sets of fans travel well yeah so when me and you Tim went to the Millennium Stadium to watch uh, Wales it was Wales beat oh with that goal line stand oh the atmosphere from both sets of fans was unbelievable this was the one where Ireland one score down, and basically the whole of the last 10 minutes were just camped on Wales's line inside their 22, but could not get over. The atmosphere was unreal. So, we're, in rugby, we do a terrible job of this. Uh, the only one I can think of is uh, the Mick Skinner, Mickey Skinner tackle on the France captain. And the shot reason, Eric Chomp, the, no, yeah, the, the guy who shot his wife. The, it was, he was a French flanker. No, it was number eight. I can't remember his name, oh. though. And it, I'm pretty, pretty sure it was Eric Chomp. No, anyway. it, def- it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't. It was, it was the captain. He shot his wife. I can't remember. Benazi didn't didn't shoot his wife. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't Pistorius, know. Mark, Mark, something. It'll come back to me. Yeah, Vermont. Not him. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> shoot, shoot. The Tinker Man. Uh, anyway, the reason I'm saying this is because in American sport, 
they have they name certain things you know like you'll know tim the butt fumble but you know the uh yeah. you know, like the catch or whatever it, it may be well that wales performance should be the four minute stand that's that's what it should be known as yeah what was the what did they call uh italy's tactic against england last year uh the ferrets was it something like that ferreting not or the ferret cottaging or <laughs> not cottaging <laughs> uh oh, i can't remember but that that had a name well, yeah, what was it? foxing? Was it the oh, yeah, was it the fox it fox fox, fox hole or fox, fox fox hunt? I think it's foxing. I just think it's straightforward foxing. Hmm. I'll see, if I, I'll see if I can find out as we move yeah. on. Yeah, but uh, we, well, how do how do we see that game going then, Ireland Wales? I, I mean, I, I think I'm, well, it has disproved my gut feeling, which was that being in Dublin would be uh, would be enough to get them through the difficulty of having losing some key players in key positions but I still think Ireland will um, uh, you know it's, it's a, such a funny thing because prior to the game sorry prior to the tournament you write down all the squads and you say well this squad's stronger than that squad this squad should walk it and my firm view was Ireland should walk this tournament just you know how strong they've been well, domestically you haven't, have you not watched Six Nations forever well that's it isn't it that, that's it and then they start playing you think ah this isn't quite so so uh so clear so i actually think and also Wales... the whole point and the whole point as we're saying you look at that irish likely team sheet and it's not full of household names no it's not i think wales will win this Ooh. i just i just have a feeling that would put the cat amongst the pigeons yeah it really would and it what would... do you think phil <sighs> it's tough because i don't think I've particularly learned very much about this island team. So they narrowly beat what is... Uh, oh, cheers, JB. Old school. Yeah, they narrowly beat what is a French team that I still don't know anything about. I still can't work out, other than Teddy Thomas was brilliant, but he's no longer in the squad. Um, they comfortably beat Italy, but that doesn't really show us anything. So I, I can't help but feel I'm no further along my understanding of of Ireland. And then they're missing a few players. They've not got better, have they, is what you're saying? Well, I can't work it out. Based on what I've seen, probably not. But they could come out and take Wales apart. But I just don't know. I just, I don't think they're going to take Wales apart. I, mean, I think that, yeah, for me, that just isn't going to happen. If they win, it's going to be a, it's going to be a close run thing. I can actually see Wales cutting them up relatively easy early doors. For whatever reason that might that might be be I just feel Wales are a little bit too too dangerous. Now this goes against my theory for downfall twenty eighteen because obviously Ireland were gonna win the Grand Slam. But with Ireland looking a bit shaky, I don't know what's better for me at the moment. Uh, I mean, I should be analysing the game, but I'm thinking about thinking about me first and foremost. I love the fact you're just desperately tr- you're trying to will something to happen. Yeah. So what I think is going to happen, right, <laughs> is if they do lose, that's the kick up the backside they need. You're allowed to, JB. Just so you know, you're allowed to be wrong and change your opinion. Well, that's no, okay. As my well. opinion stays the same. I mean, I still don't think England are improving. You're always di- right. That's what we know. Your opinion can change. The, the problem, 180 but you're always right agreed the, the problem being so far after three <laughs> after these three round of matches I think England will be looking like comfortably the strongest team mm. like just a physically dominant team oh yeah. let's return back to an, an exact prediction then at the end then let's move on to to England one bit of news from um, before we, again we've got a 25 man squad which includes James Haskell and Joe Marler no surprise with Joe Marler Yep. Slight surprise with James Haskell? No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I'm a little bit surprised. I think if um, Simmons was available, we probably wouldn't have seen him. Disagree. Um, <laughs> and the reason I disagree with this is I know, ha- I know how highly Eddie Jones regards James Haskell as a physical specimen. And, you know, to the extent that apparently he uh, pointed out to Zach Mercer what he needs to do in order to play test well, rugby. He, he, that was just purely based on aesthetics. He, well, was it based on aesthetics or was it based on ability to lift things in the air and that kind of thing? Well, no, it was. The context was purely based on aesthetics. He was said you, you put the two of them next to each other, one looks like a test rugby player. Oh, well, there so you that, go. That, but, no... I mean, you do have to lift a certain amount of weights in order to look like one than the other. It normally no, helps the two them. correlate. Yeah. So, what I'm trying to say is, uh, Eddie Jones massively, massively rates the physicality 
that Haskell brings, probably more so than maybe is he, maybe even his club uh, his club side do. So it wouldn't, uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise I, I me. Would, I would say that um, Phil's right. If Sam Simmons is fit, he's totally in the squad. Because, well, let's find out. Because, because, it, there's no, because there's no other number eight for, for the simple reason. And Sam Underhill is ahead of James Haskell in the pecking order. So, Well, the only way we'll find out is when the England team is announced. And it would not shock me at all if, ha- uh, if Haskell starts. Because he's not an impact guy. And it just I just think that's what Eddie likes. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I would be surprised. Yeah, I will be. We will. We'll, we'll yeah. see. An- another addition to uh, England's squad are heat-generating trousers, which are going to be used for the first time on Saturday. Eddie Jones has introduced these. They have been used in cycling, apparently, and um, they generate up to thirty-eight degrees of heat. Wow! And, yeah, that's they're, warm. They're, yeah, it's pretty warm. That's 20, real warm. It's Twenty-two degrees in here, and I'm sweltering. Yeah, it's hot in here. Yeah, um, Which, uh, it'll cook your cook your um, giblets <laughs> to a nice, <laughs> nice medium rare. <sighs> I, I don't understand this for life, me, because rugby's a game played in shorts. In fact, I don't really understand people that wear trousers um, socially anyway. I mean, like, obviously to go out. <laughs> socially. Yeah, like, do you know, like, on a Saturday afternoon, who's wearing trousers? <laughs> it's just weird. Depends how cold it is. Well, I've never, I, I mean, I've never experienced a scenario where it's so cold that I need to wear trousers. Legs just don't <laughs> get cold. I could wear trousers in, sorry, uh, shorts in any situation. Now, why professional rugby players that spend all of their life, like, all of their life in shorts, and when they're not playing, they actually wear less because they usually wear singlets. Well, it's they, usually singlets do you think and shorts. They should not wear the subsuits on the bench then, because subsuits have gone out of fashion. If you notice, it's just the big coats. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I haven't noticed that. The, so, little, the little all-in-one romper suit jobs that they used to have—they've gone. And do they still do? Um, do they still do the cycling? Well, they do uh, on the sidelines. Oh, yeah, is yeah. That so, Mark, Magic Marcus was doing some cycling on the sidelines this weekend. Well, if brought on Park right <laughs> three years ago, and they probably still do it now. Um, one of the old boys bought down two exercise machines and these were like the 30 quid jobbies that you get from from, <laughs> uh, from Argos and they were left by the side of the pitch for the best part of, I don't know, maybe a year and a half. So they're all like rusted. Rusted completely. Well, <laughs> yeah. They, they didn't work to start with. They're, uh, they're about <laughs> 10 years old but the lads were expected on yellow cars to hop over onto the concrete and start grinding out the gears. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wonder if Eddie Jones is just trying to... Uh find a, an edge for the World Cup by making sure that none of his players tell me this Tim be, bear any children <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very focus on rugby good. that's it uh, well tell me this I mean if you're about to play um, like an intense game of rugby which might be in very cold wet conditions do you want to be nice and snug and warm or do you want to be acclimatised I mean isn't that the reason that people fly out to different climates for a few days before competing uh, well, the England team always do warm weather training in Portugal. Mm. But it, oh, mate, no, I, I would not want to be... I'm I'm terrible when I'm cold on the touchline. Yeah, line. I'm with you here, Tim. Uh, I think if you can get your muscles and your joints nice and warm... What is wrong with you two? Uh, it, would, it would feel a little bit like you'd wet yourself, I imagine, having warm trousers. I don't that'd know. be awful, ripping off... I mean, imagine ripping off nice, toasty, warm trousers <laughs> running onto a frosted pitch. Like no, thank you. I'd rather be cold and warm, and warm into the game, you rather won't... than be hot and then get cold. You won't feel the benefit. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, right. With a um, with a like a Warren Gatland uh, kind of mind games hat on, Chris Hoy, the Olympic cycling legend, yeah. said that the Team GB used them in the last Olympics, and that as much as anything, even if they made no difference to performance or whether they did or didn't, that he reckoned the benefit was that every other team had in their mind that they might get they, the opposition might have a one percent advantage yeah there's something in that i guess mm. well i'm sure that me and phil read an article recently about ice chambers not work cryo chambers being nonsense yeah i've seen a few articles actually a few scientific studies disproving yeah uh di- well disproving ice baths basically which is a massive shame if you happen to have spent millions um, of pounds on <laughs> yeah. on nitrogen tanks and cryotherapy in your newly renovated uh, clubhouse, changing rooms, stadium. Exactly. What a waste. Not mentioning well, I mean, how any many names. times Did you remember when Breathe Easy strips on your nose were a thing <laughs> that rugby players wore? Well, yeah. yeah. Now, Robbie Fowler. I. Kicked, this kicked is not off. a joke. I'm almost certain Robbie Fowler had shares in that company. Probably, yeah. I'm almost certain of it. The, and the the mittens as well were a thing for a few years. Uh, stick mitts. I've got I've got a pair of them somewhere. Have you? I've yeah. never never worn a pair. So I remember it, I bought a pair for university. 
and it cost me like 30 quid, which in university is a lot of cash. That's like two nights out. Yeah, yeah. So I was wearing them, and then somebody told me, and they're absolutely right, they're only good for five games. Really? Yeah, the first versions were only good for like a limited number of games. <laughs> and after that, they actually got more slippy. <laughs> well, that's like, so match balls, they are good for two or three games. Yeah. And then they become like a bar of soap. They're garbage. They're, they're unusable. And this, you know, in the society that we live in today, with all the technological advan- advantages, you'd have thought making a match ball for more than three three <laughs> games would be somewhat easy. But I tell you what, for those three games, they are amazing. It makes, yeah. Agreed. So whatever they're doing, that surely they can just make it longer, longer uh, lasting. Exactly right. Although at seventy quid a pop, why? Would I mean, I'm they? sure BAE Systems could get their head, <laughs> like, head, uh, head around this. Why, why, why aren't they focusing on these real issues? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Scotland team to face England. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, pro- Simon Bergen, you you would have looked at that um, a few weeks ago and gone, "Oh dearie me, they're really having to go down the depth chart quite a long way." But he had a really impressive. A game last time out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got JP Nell back. That's, that's that's important. WP. WP. Who's JP? Don't know. JP Nell. Someone. It's somebody. Cricketer. Maybe. Um, yeah, WP. The cow, the cow, the cow murderer. Um, the cow, ma- cow massacre expert. Cow massacre expert and WP Nell on the bench. Uh, Swinson, Denton, Price, Briggs. Swinners. And Blair, Blair Kinghorn. Clink, on King, the bench. Kinghorn. One of the best names in rugby. Yeah. Uh, and he's a very good player as well. He is good. He's a big, tall, rangy runner and quite elusive as well. Uh, but uh, great mates uh, in, in, in the back line. It, it just looks that that back line looks really good in the pack. I, I mean, it's, this is going to be a. This is gonna be a There's an upset in the, in the making here. I mean, I don't believe it for a second. Well, it wouldn't be an upset to you. No, well, it wouldn't be an upset to me two, week, two or three weeks ago, but it would be an upset to me now. Uh, I just think uh, England are going to probably grind them into dust, which is a shame. It's a real, <laughs> real shame. Um, Do you know when Scotland last scored a try at home, at home against England? I do, but I can't remember. Have you seen this, Tim? Well, so last year it was Twickenham. The year before that, England won fifteen six. So it must be at least five years. Uh, it's a bit longer ago than that. Wow! They haven't scored a try at home against England for uh, six six nations, which is 12 years, which means the last one was scored in 2004 by Simon Danielli. Wow. Oh, my goodness me. That is an amazing fact. Simon Danielli. Russ Petty on, uh, on Twitter highlighting this. That's quite incredible. And, and in the whole of the six nations, they have only scored two tries at home against England. And that's 2000 and 2004. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some, uh, staggering. I, if I were a betting man, I would bet on Scotland scoring at least one try. Because they they have got, <sighs> as yeah. you both said, it's a handy team. Uh, they've got some real dangerous backs there as well. And if Finn Russell actually plays well, which he didn't last, he didn't two weeks ago against France, uh, and Greg Laidlaw carried him along. But if he actually plays well, it's... This backline is very dangerous. It's on, isn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I keep saying that. I mean, it's not really, though, is it? <laughs> I mean, it really isn't. I, and I tell you why. Uh, There's the quality of England's pack. I mean, the I pack thought is where it's... I I thought t- the England team dynamic would have disintegrated by now. Eddie would be on be on top of them. The be infighting and all sorts. It hasn't happened. And I just think the pack is so strong. That's that's where they're going to struggle. That England pack. Almost no matter who plays, whether Haskell starts, whether Underhill starts, whether Robshaw, whether you've got three three second rows in there, that it, pack is very experienced, very big, and whoever's coming off the bench is only going to make it more experienced and equally as big. Yeah, I mean, for all the criticism so someone like Hartley has, I mean, they've got a pretty settled front row with Mako, Cole and Hartley. I mean, I, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to put my neck on the line here and say... I wouldn't be surprised if they are the most capped three in terms of playing together. Oh, it's consistent. How's that, how's that putting your neck on the line? Be, <laughs> uh, because they sound like a fairly recent combination, but actually those guys have been together as a three for, what, it must be 20 tests? I mean, I wonder how many other, how, how many other threes have, have oh. been together. Well, I remember, basically, it's, um, uh, Mako was behind Marla when Eddie Jones took over 
And then was he? Very, very quickly became the number one. So pretty much, except for the first couple of games. Who was it? Who was the? It, in fact, it was Scotland two years ago, wasn't it? It was Scotland three Six Nations. Uh, who was the loose head for the World Cup? Was it Marla? Marla. But going back to 2013, Mako tore, didn't he? To the, oh no, the no, Mako's been in the squad forever. But three. I mean, he's uh, when Eddie Jones started, he was behind Marla. But it's been. I mean, the whole squad's been settled for forever. It's been drip, drip fed with the odd little player. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, well, well, since yeah, almost since two thousand and eleven. Yeah, and I think like the gapping, the, the quality gap between the second rows is going to be pretty vast. And I like the Scottish back row a lot actually, but they're different sorts of players to the English back back row. I, I don't know if they can impose their game, and I guess if Hamish Watson can play like Hamish Watson and. Uh, Barkley not give away eight penalties in one phase of play and actually steal some ball. Yeah, maybe they've maybe they've got it in them to cause an upset. But, but I feel I the think you just I think you just hit upon a really important thing. The penalty count England Wales was ten to two um, yeah. in Wales's favour, and Eng- England need to sort that out because it's um, yeah that is massive. Yeah, they, yeah, they've got to sort it out big well, time. Well, Barkley was yellow carded against Wales, and I seem to remember him giving away a lot of penalties against France as well. Hmm. Penalty machine. Mm. Um, I, I, I've found another. I noticed that you said you were looking at Russ Petty on Twitter, Phil. Just before yes. we came onto podcast, I noticed Rugby World magazine had um, tweeted out something which we mentioned on the podcast at the week at the um, weekend. Yeah, what's that? Which was about the Owen Farrell fan fiction. Really? Yeah. Where has this come from? I'm starting. I'm starting to get worried about everyone else picking up on the on the on this fan fiction. Has it come from a mainstream source, Tim? No. You mean I us? Just, no. No. As as I mentioned, I um I was what? it was brought to my attention by Cami Black, and we are we you know we're just a node, our taste makers. We are rugby taste makers. Mm-hmm. People people listen to us, and then they do what we do, and um. That goes for Rugby World as well. Anyway, I found one. I found it's a really short excerpt, but I found one from a from an Owen Farrell one that I want to read. Oh no! Okay then. The, con- the, con- the context of this is, it's from the point of view of George Cruz. Sorry, can I just stop you there? <laughs> yeah. What was what was your favourite part of the last bit of fan fiction? The um, when she said, "I've I've just hit George Ford on the head," and um. And she said, she just said to George Ford, I can't believe I hit you on the head. And then went, and I thought to myself, I can't believe I hit him on the head. <laughs> I like that. No, the, my the repetition. Fa- my favourite bit by far was when she put the ball on the stand. <laughs> oh, on the stand, yeah. <laughs> ball on the what? <laughs> right. So the, here's the context for this story. It's from George Cruz's perspective. <laughs> and oh, <laughs> George oh, Cruz fact- POV. Yeah, George Cruz POV, all right? And <laughs> and George says, right, boys, we've got a publicity day today. As you all know by now, Owen is taking part in this year's Strictly Come Dancing. Wow. I can't, I can't see it myself. <laughs> as a surprise, we're, we're, we're going to be going to watch him train with his dance partner, T, announced Mark McCall. I, do you know what? I'm getting annoyed now. I'm getting really annoyed. Do you know why I'm, why I'm annoyed? Four years ago, Tim, four years ago now, I came up to you and I said, Tim, I've got an idea for a rugby segment. I'm going to write a story about rugby. And nobody, nobody wanted it. <laughs> Did you write a story? Yeah. And the basic premise was um, rugby, league, rugby Union was going to buy Rugby League and close it down. And the double agents in it were Andy Farrell, and, uh, Andy Farrell Owen Farrell and Chris Ashton. See, oh, let's let's make this happen. Yeah, let's, do, and, let's do real, yeah. uh, self-made fan fiction. Yeah, uh, it was going to involve Lee, Lee Breers going back in time, Breers to the future. <laughs> Does right, it involve so Mark, Mark McCall's just announced that uh, as as a Saracens publicity day, they're going to go to watch Owen Farrell practicing for Strictly. Um, all the boys started cheering. We were all willing to cheer Owen on, and there was a lot of banter between the team and Owen for going on Strictly, since we all joked he had two left feet. Banter. Banter. Ooh, good one. <laughs> I did feel a bit uneasy about going to watch him train with T, though, for one reason. T was my girlfriend. So, <gasps> Owen Farrell's partner. Now, George Cruz, is he going out with someone? He's I think I'm George Cruz, like, gone through... Oh, that's not the right terminology. I'm sure he went out with a few of the women's hockey team who won gold. 
Hmm. I'm sure he went. No, not a few. I think he went out with one. I think he right. went out with uh, Heidi or someone. It says I've just done a very quick search. Uh, his girlfriend Sarah, but okay, it doesn't appear to be anyone famous. No, right. Okay, okay, yeah, carry on. Um, I didn't feel jealous about her dancing with other men before, since it was her job, and I knew she was acting during romantic dances. <laughs> I was amazed by how well how well she danced, and watching her made me fall in love with her even more. This is George Cruz. Uh, and who's he talking to, by the way? <laughs> Sorry, who's he talking to? It's just, it's just in his head, dear it's diary. Just, it's dear diary kind of thing. Yeah. We'd been together for a year and a half now, and of course all the boys knew about it. The thought that I'd the the thought that I'd mind watching Owen and T dance together hadn't even crossed their their mind. We soon arrived at the dance studio and the team got off the bus. TV cameras were set up to film our entrance. I hadn't heard what dance T and Owen were doing this week. I just hoped it wasn't a romantic dance. <laughs> My heart sunk when I walked into the studio and saw Owen's hands on T's hips as they slowly danced to the music from the stereo in the corner of the room. As they heard the door open, everyone shouted, Surprise! And there were many wolf whistles and shouts coming from the team. Owen and T immediately burst into laughter. T's eyes searched for mine and she smiled at me. I forced a smile back when I, when I couldn't think of anywhere that I'd like to be less than here. Wow, what a surprise, everyone, T said. Um, we're dancing the rumba this week. Would, would you like to see what we've done so far? Everyone cheered and shouted yes. Can you just imagine the Saracens squad walking in like this? Um, Surprise! T and Owen started at at opposite ends of the room and Mark uh, started the music. Everyone, Mark McCall. I've got this, boys. I've got this. Uh, Everyone watched in awe as they performed the rumba. It was incredibly passionate and both were acting it so it was believable. It hurt for me to watch. Watching Owen's hands on my girlfriend's waist as she moved smoothly to the music was unbearable. It took everything within me not to lash out or storm out of the room. Now, go. now, what is the better response? Okay, is it to lash out or is it to storm out? You've got to do one or sit on your hands. No, you got you got to do one. Lash out I, or storm I, I, out. I think to just run and do a massive high shoulder and arm swinging arm hit. Some rook justice for Owen Farrell. Rook justice. I, you know, I'm going to say Rook Justice because that's the right thing to say for my psyche, but I'm almost sure I'd storm out. Um, I'm almost sure I wouldn't be bothered. No, no, no. That is, I didn't give you that opportunity, did I? I said you've got to pick but one anyway, of the two. Uh, what, you're, you're quite right, JB, that it feels like the whole rugby world is is onto this Owen Farrell fan fiction and it will become boring really quickly. So we get it, we've got in early. We're, in, we're like like a like a SWAT team. We're in, we're out, job done. Yeah, can I just correct my um, s- s- uh, scandalous allegations towards uh, George Cruz, 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 whatever? Uh, yeah, not him. Wrong, uh, wrong guy. Wrong guy. So he's not been rattling half of the women's hockey team. Absolutely not. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well good done. to know. You made you made right on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you seen well, I mean, team? when it, when there's two options, I'll storm out. Or storm in, just best play it safe. <laughs> cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Have you seen the France team? I no, have. I have. Yes. Yeah. Decimated. Yeah. Is the word. I mean, when you drop eight or nine of your your team, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. When they were slowly building as well. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, Bastro's back in. Benjamin Fall. Benjamin Fall. Uh, Bonneval. Uh, Boxies is still there. Machino is still there. What, what channel are the games on actually this weekend? That... 
they on ITV? It'll be BBC and ITV. That's what it's been so far. It's a Friday night game, isn't it? The uh, Italy France. It is. Yeah. Uh, connected TVs. This. Yeah. This is. It suggests it'll be on BBC One. What I'm looking at at the moment. I, th- I think both the games on Saturday are ITV. Uh, okay. So yeah. It's good to get the lovely, wonderful Nick Mullins and uh, and co. Yes. So Bonneville, Fall, Road. Oh, actually, it's not decimate. I mean, backs aren't too bad. Well, it's not a bad team. It's just very different. Um, so let me give all the... no, no, Goujon or Pickamol at number eight. That's uh, didn't um Gordon play at number eight? Is he injured now? Gordon, yeah, that's the one. He uh, wasn't involved in the shenanigans. No, he missed last week's game injured. Yeah, or two weeks. Thankfully, ago. if there was a silver cloud in that, <laughs> silver. Sorry, a silver lining. Unfortunately, Vahamina. Uh, is neither injured nor embro- <laughs> embroiled <laughs> in that. Why does whatever his name is get caught? Why? Yeah. No, you're out too. Sorry. <laughs> I've heard some allegations. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised that um, that the coach wasn't planting women in his room. <laughs> oh, just to say, by the way, uh, ITV have we- uh, Ireland v Wales and then it's back to BBC Jeez. for Scotland v England. So we will not... Oh, no, we will have uh, Eddie Butler doing um, French and Italian at... Accents perfect. Bonjour, mon fal. It's just a shame for France, isn't it? Because I did actually think they were building something slowly. Good behaviour. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, you know, the team doesn't look too bad. Boxes was okay. Machinode is world class. Oh, it should be more than enough to beat Italy. Yeah, but that's not really the end game here. No. Is it? Because they play England the following week. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's a tough room. Yeah, and the Italy team uh, generally seems the same. Not too many changes. Again, they've got some very, very talented players. Minosi, Boni, Negri, Parise, Mbanda, uh, who's come on last week. They're all very good players. Um, I'm not sure if overall they've got it. Well, I'm not sure, but if it's gonna, if there's going to be a... A game where they do do it, it this would be the, this one. Yeah, oh, this, yeah, no, this, this is the best, one. This is it. This is this, this is it for for Italy. To this is it, Friday night. Yes. Uh, my money's on France, though. Yeah. Give me Italy. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think Italy. So it's at the Stade Velodrome, which I huh? sh- is it? Which I assume is in France, but isn't it in Marseille? Don't know. I'll tell you in one second. Yeah, Marseille. That, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that'll well, be dynamite near, near then. the border as well. That's going to be a really tasty Ooh, one. Ooh, I've not factored that in. I thought it was going to be boring Paris. Sixty-seven thousand seat stadium. Yeah, well. it's an amazing stadium. Yeah, uh, oh, last, that'd be brilliant. When they play like summer games there, it really, it, yeah, it really fizzes. So say some, yeah, excellent. Yeah. Looking forward to that on Friday then. Uh, is that everything? Do you need to do any? Anything else? Hmm. Well, there is some news. I'll give you one bit of news. Matt Scott is going back to Edinburgh. Edinburgh, yeah. Any, yeah. any thoughts on that, gents? Uh, Gloucester have a wealth of players who play in his position. And uh, Edinburgh do seem to be building. Their Cockerell is making changes, and most of them seem to be positive. Yeah, they do, don't they? I, I quite like this. It's a good Scottish oh, player uh, going home. Another mm. bit of news. Um... Jim Malander to Cardiff is the chat, isn't it? Ooh, Jim. If you really want that job? Just the politics alone. Oh, I would, would, be, I would never take that job. You'd, you'd have to be... The money would have to be astonishing. Sensational which, money. Which I don't believe it will be because of the R, uh, WRU. I mean, Jim Malander... Do, do you know what? Jim Malander strikes me as the kind of guy whose next job is going to go back to the RFU in some sort of made-up position. Yeah, that might work. He just some, some sort of kind of academy graduate into like under twenties graduate role. Yeah, no, he has. Players. He has had that job in the past, so whether that will be prohibitive, I can also see him do, doing more TV work as well. Yeah, um, don't take the you know, public appeal on to Jim Mullender. Don't take the Cardiff job; <laughs> it's not worth it. It isn't. No matter what they're paying you, don't take it. Yeah, because it won't succeed. Cardiff will still be dreadful, and at the end of it all. His reputation will come out a lot worse than when he went into it. It's a lose. It's 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 a lose lose. Or oh, he's he's a really good coach, right? Or he will 
breathe some energy into it and people all realize again yeah he'll breathe actually he's a he's a he's really good he just it just went on too long at northampton just, um, just got stale so i'd yeah. love that to be right tim but this is what happened. He'll breathe life for it, into it for about five minutes and the Cardiff fans will talk about what happened in yesteryear and then all the life will be sucked straight back out to it and it'll be, miser- it'll, it'll be a miserable club all over again. Now, speaking of big money, because it would have to be to get Malander to Cardiff, there's another big money move that is looks like it's a done deal. Oh. Uh, and Tim, you mentioned this uh, pre-pod in our planning session, but the Johan Usen saga looks like it may be coming to an end for how much money uh so the racing buyout clause was allegedly just shy of 1.5 million euros this is ridiculous so <laughs> that is quite a lot of money it is such a stupid episode in rugby for, for, for so many reasons okay the player is not a better player than he was when he had his last game well, he's, he's spent 18 months counting and stacking cows in South Africa. Yeah. So unless he's doing some training, I mean, I'm sure he is doing some training, right? But he's not a better player, that, player than he was. Now, I don't know how long his contract was were, for. Were the cows that he was, was he stacking cows whilst they were still alive, or was the stacking part when they were dead? No, oh, it is post uh, B, uh, Jamie, what's his name? <laughs> oh, Jamie, Jamie Batty. Batty, yeah. And then Johan Usen comes in. Stacks them, counts them. Counts them and stacks them. Yeah, that's how it works. Signs it off. Yeah, dr- absolute dream team, mate. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so he's not a better player than when he last played. I don't know how long his contract was at the time he decided to make this ludicrous move, but I'm guessing it would nearly be up anyway by now. I think it was a four or five, or maybe even a. It was, uh, yeah, a, it was right, a long. Actually. It was a seriously long he just, deal. He just signed. signed uh, he just one. signed a new extension that was probably five years, maybe even more than that. I mean. It's just stupid. The whole thing's stupid. It's an embarrassment to the well to Montpellier and and to the player. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Racing come out of this looking okay because they've not, they've done nothing wrong. Yeah. But Montpellier and Usun. I'm uh, glad that, Montpe- uh, that Racing stood their ground and said, "No, you're not getting any more cash. We're not going to counter off you. You're gonna, you know, if you're going to go, it'll be for this number, and go go and count some count some cows." Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a worrying trend, though, of people trying to... uh, Well, I'm actually quite glad he didn't get out of his contract by retiring. Yes. Because that is a nonsense. If you can sign a contract and then for a six-year deal and then just retire a year into it, that that is nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it has to be... I mean, I guess if if they've got 1.4 million, it's it's a good chunk of change. If that's what they set the buyout clause, yeah, that's... The pre-estimate of the damage. I don't want rugby players moving around buyout clauses. I no. sound like Tim now, but I just don't. Want, I don't want it. I, I want them to come to the, at the end of their contract, go and find a, you know a new home or re-sign and be like that. The idea of signing players is nonsense. And have I told you about my new rule for the salary cap? If you sign a player, if you buy a player from another club, not only does his salary oh. go against your cap, but also the fee that you pay. Yeah, I think that works. Well, agents' fees go against the salary cap. No, do you know like, if I've got to buy you out, out out your contract? No, no, I hear what you're saying, but like currently, um, other other fees associated with oh, moves do they? And new contract count in the salary cap. Yeah, mm. that's that's what caught uh, wasps out. Well, that's the news. Ah. Their agent moved back. The the agent who looks after a few of their players moved back to the UK, and they had to have, pay VAT or incurred VAT, which was an unaccounted for cost. Yeah, well, do the weird thing about agents is that their fees are paid by the clubs which i think is bizarre it surely should be paid by the player hmm. would you want your solicitor being paid by the other party no not really no exactly not so that there is one more it's not transfer news and it's not even rugby union news oh is it from wales online <laughs> uh wales online have probably done a story about this okay it's rugby league news oh from castleford their brilliant but um, unruly fullback Zach Hardacre. Oh, I thought you were going to say their brilliant but unruly commentator <laughs> <laughs> Mick Morgan. Mick Morgan. I can't <laughs> Mick, Mur- Mick Morgan will be furious about this <laughs> because their brilliant player uh, has left the club following uh, testing positive for cocaine the week before the Super League Grand Final. This is such a tragic story. It really is such a tragic story. Uh, troubled individual, 
could have fulfilled, you know, anyone's dream, really, of going and playing in a grand final. Messes it up. Now has left Castleford, who are a good team. And uh, as I understand it, drugs bans are actually cross-codes. Well, it, it, presumably it'd be enforced by WADA. Um, or some right. some sort of... So there's some weird sort of thing going on here, which is I think Rugby League buying their drug testing from some other agency because they can't afford to do it themselves, whereas Rugby Union have their own in-house drug testing, which fits uh. some standards, which means Rugby League drug testing is far less um, so that- sympathetic, should, should we say. So it's referenced here as UK anti-doping yes, as, the, that's the one. as the agency. But presumably both follow the same WADA protocol. Yeah, but for instance, if you get... Oh, I I, I don't know. I, I, ha- I have looked, looked in, in, into this before, and the important thing is I don't think he can come over to Rugby Union because if he could, I think people would be interested in him because he's a hell of a player. He's a very good player, and you'd pick him up a, a snip. Yeah, exactly. Well, you that's get a lot more... of people taking sudden voluntary drugs tests. Do you know what, Tim? That is to go under the arches, but near the around the back of the railway station. I'll be back in a minute. What a tremendous point that is, because uh, (laughs) it's not like they couldn't find this find the stuff in a hurry, and then if they just want to go from one code to another, yeah, that is a very good point. (laughs) Denny Solomon, it would have been made easy for him. Yeah, forty grand to whatever he's on, no problem. Yeah. Four times, four or five times his previous salary. Yep. Uh, uh, Plus the potential for England uh, cash as well. Move a move in a sniff. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, should we call it a day? Yes, let's do that. Yes. Uh, On that bombshell. Right. Do you want to do the subscription thing? Oh yeah, buy some cornerstone razors and subscribe. There you go. That's a good uh, a good exit. Yeah. Egg ten at checkout. Just go straight to cornerstone.co.uk. Straight to the website, cornerstone.co.uk, egg10 at checkout. Yeah. You can't go wrong. You can't. All right, boys, I'll see you both on Sunday. Perfect. Lovely job. Enjoy Enjoy the Six Nations. Bye-bye. Bye.